0: Welcome to Cordell and Cordell's Men's Divorce Podcast, moderated by managing partner and CEO, Scott Trout, bringing you information for guys before, during, and after divorce and everything related to family law. This podcast is not to be taken as legal advice and no attorney client relationship is established.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Men's Divorce Podcast. I'm Scott Trout. CEO and managing partner of Cordell and Cordell. And today we're going to talk about something that I think everyone has that has kids that are younger or uh, school age children and going through divorce or modification, been divorced, thinking about divorce, goes through it. And that is really kind of co parenting, um, communicating, what do you do? And in the age of technology, Uh, Things can be much easier. We can uh, lead you in the right direction with some ideas. There's some great apps out there we want to talk about today, and I'm joined by Ashley. Welcome. Hi, Scott. Hey, thanks for uh, joining. Let's talk really about it. Um, You know, we can say co-parenting. I don't know, you know, that's subjective. What does that mean? Does it mean I get 20% of co-parenting decisions? You know, what is it? I mean, I guess, one, one, why is it so difficult and really kind of walk us through, set, set the stage of... We want to give everyone some tools so, you know, get some paper out, get a pen, take some notes here today because we're going to wind up giving you some really good stuff. But let's start there. Why is it really so difficult?
0: Right. So, I mean, co-parenting is something we kind of do when we're an intact family, but it's obviously something that a lot of people litigate over once they're no longer an intact family, Um, you know. As I always say, intact families usually have a primary kind of parent that's responsible for this. I know in my family, I have two little girls. Um, I am that primary parent, the one making the medical appointments, going to them, you know, scheduling. Kind of what I always say is keeping all the balls in the air. Um, you know, a lot of families have two parents that help out, or grandparents, or aunts and uncles. Um, but there's usually kind of the ringleader of, of every right. circus yeah. in every family. Um, and when that intact family separates, it becomes, in a lot of cases, a disaster or at least yeah. grounds for a disaster. Right. I um, mean, I,
1: those, as you say, that there's always someone like my wife. We have five kids and, you know, we each make decisions and necessarily may not consult with the other because or she does handles all doctors and I'll do school things. And it just is what it is. But throw in the mix. Maybe you're already having problems communicating in your marriage. Now you're in separate households. That's the complicating factor, right?
0: Right, right. So it becomes a situation, especially, you know, for a lot of our, our male clients um, where they have to be more involved than they probably were when they were an intact family, both because we want to show that they are an active parent, and because the kids may be with them on the times where they have, you know, a weekly appointment or activity or dentist appoint, you know, those kind of things, and that's a problem, as you said, because you know most divorces, custody issues don't come without an an issue communicating with the other parent, and I think. Co-parenting, as we kind of call the term, can become one of the hardest issues for people because the party who was the primary parent just wants to push forward and keep being that primary scheduling. Yeah. parent. Right. Because the they, they did that out they, of
1: habit. Right. And they, they always, well, I always did that. I mean, I think you're right when you said we try to usually will tell the client, hey, you need to start being involved in parent-teacher conferences." that may be something you've never done. You may need to go know who the dentist is and go to an appointment. That may be something you never did because it was by agreement. And you had somebody that perhaps whether he stayed at home or she stayed at home, that was just what they did.
0: Right. And, and on the other side of it, you know, I think we see a lot of our clients that are the Boy Scout leaders and that's what they've always done or, you know, they're the baseball coach. And so it's it's a sharing on kind of both sides of that. Um, but it does become a really big issue that truthfully doesn't have to be with a lot of the technology that we have out there today.
1: Yeah, technology, I tell you, it's huge. And and there's even some platforms we'll talk about today that I haven't been able to see or use yet, but there's some that I have. But technology is a big help if you can get both parents on board with the technology.
0: Right. And I think it also helps establish, you know, you try to have consistency for the kids. That's a big thing. I think every judge I've ever been in front of has said, you know, we want to make sure what's happening at mom's house is happening at dad's house and the child care providers. And a lot of that boils down to are the parents able to communicate? Are they able to co-parent or parallel parent, which is another term that, you know, we use where maybe you guys can't, you know, parents can't communicate But can we use this technology? Can we communicate to make sure we're parallel parenting, doing the same thing in each household?
1: So and you think you mentioned technology, the subject matter of that, meaning like, okay, great, technology's out there. We have iPhones, texting. But you're talking more subject-specific things, like calendars or there's other things that the courts uh, give suggestions to use,
0: right? Right. So, you know, as far as... I always kind of start by saying if co-parenting is a really difficult thing, if, if you know, you're sit- they're sitting there thinking, I just can't talk to mom or dad or whatever, they do have, before we kind of go the technology route, there are co-parenting counselors or family therapists or co-parenting therapists, whatever you know they may be called, that can kind of help establish some guidelines that you can then turn over into the technology. So I don't want to not, you know, I, I want to kind of point that out, that that is also out there. I know that's not under our technology bubble, but I will say with kind of the change of technology, COVID-19 kind of created this Influx of virtual therapists. So, mm-hmm. while, you know, I don't go into depth with that. There are a lot of virtual co parenting counselors that I think is also an option, especially for our clients where they live in different states or different towns and they just can't meet with a therapist. So, I did just yeah. want to point that out before we start talking about the apps.
1: Yeah. And as you mentioned, the counselors, I, I even know in some cities and states, there are these individuals who are trained on, and they work with guys particularly who may not have done this, the tasks that are required in the house, grocery shopping, you know, parent teacher conference, they get them organized, they give them tools, equip them with skill sets necessary to kind of reintegrate in addition to using the apps and, and the technology to do it. But I think that's a really good first step is if you need some assistance, you go, you know, get some co parenting or family counseling to understand what it is you need to do to kind of refocus your life because you've been doing it and a shared responsibility in a true shared same household, same roof for many years, perhaps.
0: Right. Yeah. And so as far as the technology goes, you, you had kind of said most of these different apps have at minimum two things, a calendar feature, which can be, you know, I know my family currently uses like a Google calendar. Um, you know, there is something that simple, you know, I didn't really go in depth, you know, I wasn't planning on going in depth into that, but, They all have a calendaring feature and it differs, you know, who's allowed to put things on, but that will help with those doctor's appointments, their parent teacher conferences, orientation, either parent can kind of load it on so that the other parent can see it without having to communicate with each other or, or just kind of to help, you know, make sure we all know. And then the other thing that almost all of those apps have is some sort of email text message, some sort of communication feature that is within that app. So instead of texting from your phone, um, you know your regular phone number, you do it within the secure app. Right. Um, and I think that's pretty much every. I'm sure there's some that don't, but every co-parenting app or technology that I've seen, whether it's desktop or mobile, has those two features.
1: Yeah, yeah. In- the calendar feature seems to be the most widely recognized or uh, understood, I think, among divorcing parents' modification issues. There's others like email, which either logs or monitors or kind of helps with emails because I always tell stories about my dad who, you know, email was a new thing for him and trying to get used to technology. He used to like to send emails in all capitals. So you didn't know if he was yelling at you or not. And so, I mean, it's like you need some sort of filter to kind of say hey wait a minute you can't use that word or can't type in that way because it's you know perception is not reality but it's perception it's your reality
0: right and i think the reason one of the big benefits of almost all of these apps is that that communication is you can't edit it so once it's sent it's sent for app. obviously there's good and bad parts to that but it helps as far as litigation goes so i'll give the example of a case that i've had recently where opposing party was sending 30 messages ish every time my client had custody of the children and they weren't important. There were some important things kind of put through that, but we were able to log in and not even just showing what each message said, showing the volume of the messages, which I think helps, you know, we always say it's for the good and for the bad. It kind of helped with the bad, Um, you know, kind of showing that email feature. There are some, and we'll talk about some of them specifically. But there are some that have that tone. You can pay for a tone filter. Um, I, I always kind of laugh when I was probably in college. Google Gmail started this, where you could set a certain time, and every email you had to like answer a math problem or something. I, right, what was to make sure you were of sound mind when you were sending that email. The tone filter doesn't quite do that, but it always kind of makes me think of that. Yeah. It will kind of, it will go through like the robots, the technology will go through and read those tones. So if your dad was sending that email in all caps, it would say, Hey, right. you know, maybe don't put it in all caps. Yeah. Maybe um,
1: reconsider. And that's what you need. I mean, in the moments when, you know, where we live in an environment that is emotionally charged, and you, you know, I know it, I want to fire off something so fast because I'm ticked off. Then I always say before I hit send, I stop, I kind of turn my phone off and then let it let it sit. I mean, that's hard to do when you're so in because I'm not living in that environment, but there are other things that make me do that. And I think, okay, maybe someone else should read it. But this app would be a wonderful tool just to make sure because everything you send, I always say this. It's, you know, everything you say and do can be used against you in a court of law. This is it. I'm reading you your Miranda rights here. Everything you send will be used against you in a court of law.
0: Right. And that's kind of, I just saw a meme floating around by a fellow divorce attorney that said, like, you know, I tell all my clients, you know, don't send an email that you don't want a judge to see. And I I think that's something I share with them too. So along the same lines, a lot of these different types of apps have the ability that you can put other family members. So if you've got grandma that's caring for the kids or or the kids, if they're old enough, um, can get different access to different things. But I think the courts likes a few specific ones, at least in my jurisdictions that we're in, um, because the court can gain access to them. So attorneys can gain access, um, but it kind of helps, you know, if we're in court for contempt a whole lot, the judge can just log on and start monitoring what you guys are saying or, you know, the guardian ad litem or attorney for the children. Or, you know, I know they're called a million different things in, in every state, but um, they can log in and monitor it. So it can be a useful tool in litigation if needed, but even if you don't need litigation, it's a useful tool yep. to potentially avoid litigation on those right.
1: Ends. Let's talk a little bit about some of those apps, just to kind of and this is where you can start writing some notes here or come where you play this podcast. But these are worthwhile apps, worth worthwhile uh, technology to kind of take a look at. Not only look, you may think your your relationship is fantastic. I still think you can use some of these. So go ahead. Let's go down some of the list.
0: Right. And like I said, I mean, my family uses Google calendars and we're an intact family. So, you know, there's that simple. Probably the biggest, I would say the most well-known, the one that at least the courts in Pennsylvania use the most is called Our Family Wizard or OFW. It is so, you know, it was created by a divorced couple. Kind of they didn't have anything to use. Um, Each parent signs up for their own account. And then you kind of link accounts. So you in theory could have an account linked with a couple different parents if you had children um, by you know different parents that you needed. You can add third parties, you can add the children. And what I think is really interesting in this app is let's say you wanna add your high school child because you want them to be able to put stuff on the calendar but you don't want them to have email access. You know, they won't see the emails between you and the opposing party, which is very important. Um, But you can also turn off, as as far as I know, you can turn off some features. So they may only be able to add stuff to a calendar, but not delete um, or modify it is, you know, this is one of the ones that the judges, the courts can gain access to. Attorneys can gain access to it. There's a little bit of a couple forms you have to kind of fill out for attorneys. I think the judge can just submit an order to um, our family wizard to get access. Yeah. Um, it has that calendar feature. It has that email feature. This is the one that has that tone meter to it too. Um, it is the only one I know of that has the tone meter and it is an extra cost. So one of the things You know, there's kind of two that we use the most common. This is the most common paid one. It's a pretty nominal fee. I think it's $99 a year. Um, Plus, I I think around $10 for the tone meter. Um, Again, you're unable to delete emails once you've sent them. So it preserves them for court purposes. It also logs in when you view the email. So I know we've had some issues where a parent is reaching out to the other parent, the other parent's not responding. You can see that to use it for court. Um, it logs every time you log into it. So obviously that can be helpful or, you know, or not so helpful if you're the one not responding.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I've heard that Family Wizard is something that we use here as well. It's very popular. Um, I always, I wince a bit. I was just having this conversation about judges being able to see the communication, you know the, the theory being as a lawyer I'm going to talk lawyer speak here is now we have the trier of fact viewing evidence that may or may not be admissible as a, you know by the rules of evidence but yet how do you unsee those things as a judge right you know sometimes when you're in a jury it's really easy if you've watched let's just say the Johnny Depp trial the jury hears some evidence and they don't hear some you know they and sometimes they remove the jury from the room for intentionally so that they don't get biased or influenced by things that can't be admissible by rules of evidence, you know, for whatever it may be. But I, that's why sometimes I'm a I'm a fan just because of its uh, record-keeping ability. I love the idea that everything is in one location and if there's a timing. If you can question, yeah, they did open it. No, they didn't open it. That's always, you know, a positive. But it's one of those things where as we go through some of these apps and, and platforms, it's not absolute. Have a conversation with your lawyer about whether or not it's appropriate for you because it may not be.
0: And I know, you know, I can say in the 12 years that I've been using our family wizard, you know, in practice, I have had maybe one judge request access to it. So it's available. I agree with you. It is a concern. And, and what we did at that point was we limited what the judge, you know, in an order what the judge was going to have access to. But yes, that, that's certainly, yeah. that's certainly a concern um, with our family wizard. So the other big app, that that I have and I've been the last three years. We're kind of switching over most of most of our courts, is app close. That's A P P C L O S E. App close, all one word. It is almost virtually identical to our family wizard. I would not be surprised if that's what they use to kind of build this platform. Um, you still have the calendaring feature. There is no tone meter in the emails. You can still add um, other family members, children, um, but it has some things that. Our Family Wizard doesn't have that I actually, this is the one that I'm kind of recommending as we're going forward, unless it's a case where we really know, like we need a guardian ad litem or court appointed attorney to kind of monitor. Um, It has, so it's free, which I think is the biggest thing. Um, You know, it's not an added expense for a lot of clients, but it also has the features inside where you can track expenses. So for a lot of our clients who have unreimbursed medical, you know, splits for support, or they have, you know, different splits for expenses for the children, for activities, whatever, you have the ability to submit receipts to track those to put in requests for another party to pay or, you know, and and it puts everything in one platform instead of having usually people use that regular mail email, and then you're trying to track down the emails. It also has a request. You can submit a request to change your custody, you know, so like a drop off or a pickup or to swap days. And again, instead of having all of that via text or email where you forget where it is or you have to search, it's all within this one platform. The courts, I believe the courts can get access to it. I don't think it's as easy to gain access as our family wizard is for the courts. So the concern you raised easier earlier is probably a little more minimized uh it's not been around as long as our family wizard but it is moving i think it's where courts are moving because it's one less fee for people to pay right
1: right exactly and you know i think i agree it is amazing i like the idea of that swap ability and the expenses i was just um wrapping up a case where Notification How do we notify someone about the agreed to expenses? Or, you know, we can spend up to $100 a month in extracurriculars. And that's always a question of, well, I never got notice of that. I never got the receipt. I didn't know I had to pay. How do you prove that up? You know, no one sends certified mail anymore. And so, I think having an app that does track that is a huge plus because there are always going to be shared expenses moving forward.
0: Right. And in our jurisdiction you have until May 31st of the following year to submit them. So again, because we used to do cert, you know, have our clients do certified mail, you can show you submitted this before May 31st without having to do certified mail and there's not an allegation that you know it was a doctored email or you know something like that. It's in this right. app. So I'll I'll kind of briefly talk about one other app and then I'll I'll name some that I think are worth looking yeah. into. Um, Cozy, C-O-Z-I, is an app that actually is not, wasn't started for, you know, separate families or it was started more like, needing a google calendar but kind of giving some extra features so it's free just like app clothes um, and also the apps that i previously go. said have web-based let's see there if you, you can go. get this
1: i have cozy if you can see it here. let me see if i get it i, I use cozy all the time let me see if it's better there you go there you i'm go. a big fan my entire family uses it um i think it's wonderful it alerts them as to if they're supposed to be somewhere or whatever it is appointments so i think it's a big 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 plus Big fan.
0: And And I'm not getting
1: paid by cozy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That kind of grew from the Google calendar, people needing kind of something different. So it works just as easily for intact families as separated families. You can have up to 12 people on a family calendar, which means we can add grandma, all the kids, you know, whoever's helping you kind of facilitate, keep all the balls in the air. As I said earlier, Um, there's also a list library. So you can kind of put things in for lists. If you know, I know my husband and I with grocery shopping, we just add stuff to lists. You can do that. Um, But it also could be, you know, if if you know the child has something while they're with the other parent, you can make a list. Hey, make sure you send with me their soccer cleats, their shin guards, their soccer ball, their uniforms. Um, And then it also has, and I haven't used this feature before, but it also has a family journal where you can share photos, keep notes. Mm -hmm. Where I think that could help a lot of our clients is if You have custody of your child. You can send mom a photo of their tournament or of, you know, whatever you're doing with them to kind of show. But it also will help you log those photos if you need them, you know, later for litigation purposes. We have a photo of when you took them to Boy Scout camp or something like that. And it also helps keep notes. Again, I haven't personally used that feature, but I know it's there. Um, and Cozy is also free, although there is an ad-free option for, I think it's $29.99 per year. Um, if you don't want to deal with ads or if it's something you're using regularly, it might be worth it. Otherwise, yeah. it's free, just like app close.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think uh, those are the, the, you should definitely check them out. Simply the calendar function alone that you don't even have to necessarily text, interact, You just post, hey, I got parent-teacher conferences coming up. Here's when it is, Wednesday at 4 o'clock. Location gives them a reminder. Other people have access to it. It's a wonderful, it's not Google Calendar, but I just, I like the app. It's a big, big, big fan, intact or not.
0: Right. And I think there's a couple others that, you know, we won't deep dive into, but I think are at least worth a mention Um, I know different attorneys and different judges like different apps, but some of the other apps are two houses. What I will point out about this is it permits different families. You you can have more than one account attached to another person. So again, if you've got multiple children by different people, you can have one account for yourself that is attached to those other, um, you know, the appropriate parent for that child or children. And with that one, the cost is per family, not per account. So I think that's also a little different than the other structures. Um, Another one that I will say I know nothing about, but I've heard good reviews from other people is called Custody X, like the letter X, Change. The problem with that is it's web browser only. So a lot of these you have on iPhone or Android and web. This one is not. Another one, again, that I've used occasionally is called Talking Parents. It has a free web version, but the iPhone Android is paid. So I think that's why we don't use them as frequently because most people have an iPhone or Android and you you don't want to pay if you don't have to. And then the last one that I think is worth mentioning. And again, there's tons of these apps out there. Um, But the last one that I've I've had use of before is called We Parent. One word, W-E, parent. It was created by... Um the, the founder has a PhD in psychology and they are trying to kind of create stress-free parenting, as obviously we all hope for. And it it is a paid, they have monthly, annually lifetime, but there is a 14-day free trial. So you can kind of log on. And again, yeah. almost all of those have at least some messaging feature, some calendaring feature. And they all have different things that might help or may not.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, and and those apps are great. And I, and I, that's why I encourage people to write down and take a look. But as we wrap up, the most important thing is a lot of it can be used against you. Um, There are positives and negatives, like, you know, the email recordation function could be a problem for you if, you know, you've just got to know what you're getting into. So that leaves us to kind of, as we wrap up. Talk to your attorney, right, about what app is right for you if you're in the middle of divorce, in the middle of a modification, perhaps thinking about it. That's just a conversation about what what functions are good for me, what functions can be used against me, what can be used for me.
0: Right. And I think the biggest thing, and I said this, we've previously talked about technology and and co-parenting and custody. I think the biggest thing that I would leave people with is just remember where, whether it's on Facebook or any of these apps or email. It lives forever. And even if you sent it, you know, if it was an inappropriate, vulgar message, whatever, you know, you were having an emotional moment and you sent Mm -hmm. it kind of in that mindset, it will continue to come back years down the road. So. That would be my biggest piece of advice before you sign on to one of these really have boundaries. And even if it's a tone meter email, I usually say have somebody else read it or, you know, just to make sure you're not sending something that is going to haunt you for years down the road
1: or a calendar item that celebrates the divorce date that all your kids can see. Right. You know, you, you think it's great. It's funny. Just gotta be careful, you know, like technology and anything, social media uh, you know, it's, it's, it's helpful and it's hurtful, no matter what, whether you're going through this or whether or not. And uh, it is, it's out there forever. So Ashley, great stuff. Great job today and a lot of information. And there's just so much more out there. So this is just, you know, not that, you know, we chose these or you chose these just to kind of talk about that you have experienced, but not that you, you know, have any particular direction. It's more what suits you. It's to the individual. So thanks again for joining.
0: No problem. Thanks, Scott
1: check it out you know go out there on the web find out what's best for you have a conversation we always talk about that nothing can replace a conversation with your attorney certainly we're available across the country uh, across the country and the united kingdom you can give us a call at 866 dad's law or better yet if you just want to schedule a consultation you can do that online without even speaking with anyone you can go to cordellcordell.com pull up a calendar Search an office closest to you, find available dates. You can do it just like this, online, on the phone, or in person, whatever's convenient for you. So check us out, cordellcordell.com. And then also subscribe to this podcast. You'll get alerted every time a new one's dropped. And check out all of our content on our YouTube channel. We've got virtual town halls where we know you have questions and we try to give you answers. We do that every month. If you've never attended a virtual town hall, it's free. It's 30 minutes. It's once a month. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go to the YouTube channel and you'll see some past virtual town halls. We'll be having one coming up in October. You may have questions from this podcast. We'll try to give you answers. You just log on, you just uh, chat, and uh, we try to give you the right direction. So until next time, thanks for joining. Have a great rest of the week.